Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the Fan Zone Podcast. Pleasure to have you all with us. Episode 45. And uh, we are, as the title says, at the races. Uh, obviously, pod following a, a really impressive 3-0 victory away from home at Cheltenham Town just yesterday. And yeah, without further ado, we will crack straight into it. Just before we get started in all the good stuff, though, uh, we'd just like to say a massive thank you to our headline sponsor for the upcoming season, Eco Warm Windows. Uh, so a massive, massive shout out to all of those. If you want to find out more about our sponsors, then you can head over to our website, www.thefanzonepod.co.uk and find out everything you need to know over there under the section of our sponsors. Speaking of the website, actually, there are some some pretty cool things coming along that are in the works. There is some uh, some more written content coming along. So if you fancy having a read of a, a blog post here and there, uh, and that tickles your fancy, then you can head over and Callum, who we had on the podcast recently, has just started putting some bits out and there is more uh, where that came from. So keep your eyes and we will uh, hopefully have more stuff coming your way. Post-match reaction time, obviously, Cheltenham 3-0 away from home in what was a very robust performance indeed. Uh, never really looked very troubled at all, uh, it has to be said. Keen to think hear what both of you thought about the game, though. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. What did you make of uh, Saturday's game against Cheltenham Town? What can you say? It was... Um... A lot easier than I expected. Obviously, I had last season's crap performance in the back of my head when we lost <laughs> one nil and we got bullied to death by Dan on Lundaloo. Um, awful game. Um, so that was always in the back of my mind. And I think a few weeks ago we mentioned about these little targets that all contribute to a better season, and one of them was not losing at these smaller tighter grounds and i think i put a post on twitter just from me not on behalf of the pod you know do we do we carry on what we you know what we showed against lincoln and and play our own game or do we try and flex and play and match the opposition up which we did loads last season and, and it never worked and thankfully we played our own game and yeah, it was it was boys against men, uh, men against boys. That's still the same thing, isn't it? But yeah, it was it was it was embarrassing at times. And as for the second half, I just thought that it was used as an opportunity to to actually practice some drills, some passing movements, and and possession movements against a team in a league game. It was. I don't think they broke sweat second half. Apart from Cameron Jerome when he nearly did his own again. That were right in front of us, that. Jeez, I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't have a drink. He just had a stuff at Jurassic Park. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a, a stroll. And as you know, I always stress about games. And no matter who we're playing in, there was absolutely nothing to stress about. 
Yeah, so I absolutely would describe it as a tactical masterclass. I thought he, he set it up perfectly. Um, got a few stats off knowledge. Our friend Callum's posted a lovely post-match review on um, on his socials and 74% possession away from home. It's not bad. Yeah. It was it was completely dominant. We were it was so one-sided, it was unbelievable. 16 shots. So this is the stat I think that I've done us in previously. 16 stat shots, seven on target, obviously three converted, where in the past we might have been lucky to get one or two away from home. Um I thought it was an outstanding team performance with some brilliant individual performances. Thought Kyle made some absolutely brilliant crunching defensive tackles in the second half. Um, Victor assisting when not on the score sheet. I think that partnership with him and Dion that pre-season's done them the world of good. Um, if they can't score assist, get those stats up for me. Another set piece goal. Ian Everett is going to be out of pocket again. Mm-hmm. Um Really high back line, so I think the Cheltenham comment obviously I didn't go. So the Cheltenham commentators were the salty ones. I don't know if you ever watched. Oh, I, I follow with the Cheltenham commentators. Oh, he's the god! It was. I think it started with Randall Williams with his ponytail, and there was Kyle Dempsey with his Alice Bond. So there's you know the little jibes that you they love to stick in there. Anyway, um yeah, I think we that high back line really flooded Cheltenham's defence and gave them absolutely no chance. And I think with missing Alfie May, they didn't have an attacking threat. We knew we could do that. Um, Jack Idale is becoming rapidly becoming one of my favourite players. I thought he was absolutely outstanding again in that back line yesterday. And it gives Ian a real headache, I think, once we get um, some fitness back into Owen and to Georgia. Um, the only thing I would say, and knowledge picked up on it, whether... The subs were made a little bit later yesterday. So I think we only ended up with, we had seven minutes additional time in the second half. Only three in the first half and there were three goals. Make it make yeah. sense. Yeah, <laughs> I don't no, I understand. No, I didn't. No, we were confused at the time by that. I just, I just don't, I don't make no sense to that. Anyway, I just wondered whether bringing him 80 minutes was a little bit late um, with us having a match on Tuesday. I think not if we were just Saturday to Saturday, but with us having a match on Tuesday, it kind of, Makes you think, well, is he going to set up differently? Is he? Is it going to be a completely different team to start with? I don't know, but for me, that was the thing that made me scratch my head a little bit. Can I? Um, um, can I just cut in on that? Okay. I think in a normal game, I think yeah, that's absolutely spot on. That I don't think they'll be too jaded, even playing eighty minutes yesterday. I think I think it was an exceptional game in that respect. That especially the second half, we didn't. Even, it was so. It was a stroll. It yeah, really yeah. So yeah, no, that makes sense that they didn't mm. actually really break a sweat, did they? So it's no. fair yeah. dues, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that's about my it for my summary of the match. Obviously, it's really different kind of watching it to be in there. Um, on Wonders TV. On Wonders TV, you don't yeah. see the out of possession stuff as much because you're obviously just seeing what where the ball is. So it's kind of hard to comment. And I know a lot of people thought that Big Vic had a really good game. Um, so I, if any either of you want to kind of just summarise his game a little bit because you were there. 
I thought Vic was absolutely exceptional. I think his, his off-the-ball work was more impressive than I've ever seen before. He got into the channels a lot more than we've seen before. Uh, he was out on the wing, uh, readily available for, for, you know, as an option much more than we've seen before. Um, you know, like I said, athletically, he looked really good. Uh, his hold-up play was excellent. Um, there's been occasions where I've been slightly critical of perhaps his ability to bring the ball in and, and keep it sort of tight knit. It sometimes felt a little bit sloppy, but I thought Saturday was excellent. He, the ball came into him, he trapped it well and and distributed it at the right time and then, you know, got on his bike and, and made a run and created options, um, which I think really helps Dion because I think, I think we saw last season he struggled sometimes, Dion, with the lack of options elsewhere. Everything was going through him and he was always getting the ball sort of back to goal into his feet where he couldn't really do much. Um, so, yeah, Victor, I thought, he was exceptional yesterday. Really, really good. Um, I think the only thing was missing was it was a goal. Uh, from what would have been a, a 10 out of 10 performance. Um, but yeah, apart from that, there's absolutely no criticism from me. I thought he was superb. Um, not sure what the chat think. Um, if you want to let us know how you found Victor uh, against Cheltenham, give us a give us a message and we'll uh, we'll have a look. But I don't know about you, Chris, but I thought he was excellent. Was, it, to put it into context, he, he beat Dempsey for man in the match. That's how good he was. Um Hold on, you can't say that yet. Not a bit yet. <laughs> Jump in the gun. And, and just yeah, just 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 as a comparison. That's not he's not the man of the match. Well, he obviously is. <laughs> uh, but, but um obviously I'll I'll give him give him my review of the game. So just to boil it down for Vic. Big Vic is quick. Big Vic has got a trick. Where's he and going big, with it? And big fit, big Vic, lovely flick. Oh, <laughs> ah, yeah, got you. Yeah, but no, he's, he's that that round the corner flick for Dion for his first goal was was brilliant. That for me was like the kind of mark of that partnership starting to really gel. It was just beautiful movement and that touch off to Dion to put him through clear on goal for his first was uh, was exceptional. So, yeah, it was brilliant. And then with regards to Dion, I think that's going to do him the world of good. Those bagging two yesterday, they're going to absolutely give him a confidence boost. And for me, the second goal, that was for right on the edge of the... It was like... We've seen him try and walk it in the net, haven't we, so many times yeah. before. And for him to just have that striker's instinct and give it a go and bang... I just yeah. think he's he's it's helping that the confidence is there from the start. He had a slow start to last season, and I think that's going to absolutely do him the world of good. Yeah, it's funny you should mention that actually. I think we spoke in the car on the way home about those incremental gains, perhaps on last season, um, that we'd sort of missed, uh, and the ones that stand out were starting games on the front foot. You know, we were often finding ourselves slipping up at, with our tails between our legs for the rest of the game, you know, facing an uphill battle. There was not being good enough from set pieces. Uh, there was not being clinical enough. There was not, you know, creating chances from outside of the penalty area. And I think even in the first, not to get carried away with ourselves, you know, but the first two games have showed absolutely 
you know, paramount differences to that of last mm. season and all the things that I think a lot of fans were frustrated with, we've shown actually in these first two league games and obviously the cup game against Barrow, um, that they're changing. Um, if I, I think we've scored from a set piece in every single game we've played so far, obviously Barrow's was a direct free kick, but the others came from corners and it's, yeah, it's, it's nice to see uh, that, that those slight little frustrations from last season have seemingly been, uh, been worked on. And I know people have said the, probably the calibre of competition we've had not been up there, but mm. we all, I think, looked at the August fixture list and thought, it's a lot of points to be had there. Mm. And as long as we're getting those three points when we, on paper should be for me where in the past we've dropped it and we've yeah, come away with one and we've come season, away right. with three and then losing away from home for me the second half was quite it, there weren't much to cheer about there weren't much going on but i'd rather have it done in the first half give me a three nils half time lead any day of the week and that just that confidence for the lads to kind of be able to just do what they want second half and comfortably see it out felt him yeah. yeah, I think if you could perfectly summarise a first half of what is we what we've come to know as Everett Ball, that first half at Cheltenham would be exactly it. You know, free flowing, high press, lots of chances. It was just yeah, it was Ian Everett's football and brand of football. I think down to a T, um, and they were. They were a poor, poor side. Don't get me wrong, but you can't take away any credit from from the lads and how they how they went out. Oh God, no! Because we've played piss poor teams before and just been equally as piss poor. Yeah. So, yeah, like we said, level. like we always say, those incremental game games are, are massive. And if you, you've got to start the season, we are now top. This is where we need to stay. <laughs> stay there now. We're, we're there. We just need to to keep there. Absolutely. And that leads us very nicely into our fan zone man of the match. So, Chris, we'll start with you. I uh, couldn't possibly imagine who you're going to pick. Chris, uh, oh, yeah. your I man of the match, mate. The real mystery. Yeah. Mm, let me think. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, he had a lot to do. Um, it's, yeah, it was it was Victor. Simple as that. No hesitation. I thought it was his best game in a Bolton shirt. Um, and it, yeah, like you said earlier, the only thing missing was a goal, but I don't really remember him. He had one opportunity that was saved in the first half, but other than that, he, did, he didn't have any opportunities that he could miss. Um, Victor. And do you agree with that? I'm, I'm, I'm stuck between two, and one of them isn't Vic actually because I just because I didn't see what you saw. It's hard. No, no, no. You, so, um, no, no. only because I think I'm probably going to give it to to Jack again another time. I'll give it to D on this time, um, just because he put those two away and previously he's 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 improved. For me, so yeah, I'm gonna go Dion. I'm on a. I'm gonna say I'm really stuck uh, on this one. Actually, between three, um, I'm gonna give it Dion just because I think you know, as a centre forward, scoring two goals, I think that performance will from Vic will become 
the norm eventually and that will be the standard God, he sets for himself so for that reason it's hard for me to give him the man of match on, on probably how he would envision himself performing every week um not that, that takes anything away from it because it was a superb performance but for me dion you know as a centre forward, you paid to score goals, and he's got two for us, um, and more or less put the game to bed before the the whistle for half time. So for me, it's it's Dion. But a massive shout out to Jack Iredale, the same as you, and I thought he was absolutely superb. Um, just yeah, it, it, surprising really how quickly he's come into that that left sided centre half position and made it his own, and just not even. Even remotely looked out of position. Um, so yeah, for me it's uh, it's Dion, but credit to to Jack and Vic, really. Uh, I think we've got a similar in the chat. I think there's some split votes in the chat. I, I love a split vote because it just shows that we had a couple of cracking performances, and I'd rather that than yeah. us all scratching our head because they're all been crap. So <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Uh, Jack has given it to. Iredale, David has said Dion. Uh, Andrew has gone for Big Vic and said possibly his best game in a Bolton shirt. Liam has given it to Dempsey. Uh, Louise, I think, has given it to Dion. Uh, Paddy, I think, has given it to Dempsey. And Malk has given it to Dion. And Chris, I think, has also gave it to Dion. Uh, said he's so grateful that we have him. Uh, so, you know, it's right across the board. There's, there's choices there that stand out contenders. Um, so yeah, and they all deserve Incredible. it. You could give it to any one of them, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, and have no idea. Indeed, you Definitely. could. So, welcome to Cole's pre-match presser. Unfortunately, Colin isn't here. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, uh... then you should probably let people know, like, Colin is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Colin, Colin. Uh, Colin can't make it tonight. He's uh, he's tied up with, with his little one. Uh, so, unfortunately, right. he can't make it tonight. So, it's just the three of us. <laughs> he's a small person. Um... <laughs> All right. Okay. Sorry. Right. Yep. <laughs> we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll ignore that one. Um... <laughs> So, looking ahead to Fleetwood, um, going to be well. We'll hand it over to both of you, actually, Chris. What are you expecting from the from the Fleetwood game? Uh, obviously, I could tell you everything, but we'll, we'll hand it over to you. What are you expecting? Um, I've been surprised with Fleetwood so far. Obviously, they've they've, they've had a poor start to the season, um, considering their activity in the transfer window, which has been excellent. Obviously, it's Scott Brown's second, second full season or his first full season. And obviously, after kind of bedding in last season, and I expected a fast start from them, and, and it's not happened. Um, yeah, strange one. Strange one. Um, also, factor in historically, we've had a really good record at home against Fleetwood. Um, Albeit normally at the Back end of the season, uh, yeah, it's it's not, yeah, obviously, game, innit? <laughs> yeah, I think of Dion's wonder goal and all, all that kind of stuff. And it's, it is, yeah. So it's unusual to, to get, get them out of the way early doors. Um, I think it's going to be tough. You don't play a Scott Brown team that isn't a reflection of him as a player. He really does ingrain that in his team. Um, and they will start. I think they will start to click. I still think that they'll they'll finish 
Worst case, mid-table. Oh, sorry, my screen went funny then. Are you still there? You're still there, yeah. I'm having flashbacks from Wednesday then. It was horrible. <laughs> oh. um, they will come good. I'm sure they will. Um, and it just hopefully it's not on Tuesday night. But in terms of what where I see it going, I struggle to see us not doing what we've done in the last two league games. I don't think it'll be 3-0. I think it might even be 4. And I don't think we'll concede. Simple. <laughs> Sorry, Nappers. If you're listening, I know you're doing your own pod at the minute. And I'll see you on Tuesday, mate. But I think we're going to give you a slap Tuesday night. That's what we like to hear. And are you in yeah, there? Yeah. Similar boat? I mean, I love the thought of giving him a slap, Chris. Mm. I won't lie. Um, with a cod. With a cod around the chops. Yeah. Um, I do I do worry with these teams that have had some decent transfers in that it will click. Yeah. So I'm glad we're playing them now. Like you said, I think on the back of two defeats, I think I'd rather get them out of the way now before they have that time to gel and click. And especially with them not really having much training time between Saturday and Tuesday. Um, for me, it's definitely a three-pointer. I'm not. I don't think I'm as confident as Chris. What's wrong with you? You're never that good. You're never confident. I don't know. Something's happened to Chris Dawson this season. Weird. Weird. Uh, I don't know where it came from. But yeah, no. You, for me, you look at how we played the last. The, we're just talking about league games. Even the cup game, we didn't need to get out of second gear really. And I think yeah. we know we've got some on the back burner if we need it. Um, the bench is so strong, um, so we can make a couple of changes if he needs to. But, and do you know what else I've kind of realised? I don't really know what Nathan Bax is about because he's not really done much. So obviously he pulled off one save yesterday. Mm. That's all he had to do. Great save. I mean, you could say it was expected coming straight at him. But I like that we're not getting to find out what Nathan Bax yeah. is all about. That back line is doing what it should do. And for me, easy job, easy money for Nathan. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a definite, it's a definite winnable. It's gotta be, it's gotta be three points. Absolutely. Um, you know, as Chris said, Fleetwood are, are on the back of a, a pretty disappointing defeat um against Shrewsbury, I think it was. Um a pretty poor start to the season. I think Nappers actually referenced it as one of the, the worst displays from Fleetwood that he's seen in Cartmail, um, which was quite a, a shock. Um, doesn't fill Fleetwood fans with much hope heading into the season. After they were tipped for, for quite a successful season, you know, from their point of view anyway. Um, is it too early in the season, though, to, to sort of, put that down to anything as a, you know, I mean, the start of the season is a a ropey time for for a lot of teams and results can fall either way. But is it promising perhaps for us that Fleet would have got off to this rocky start or does it actually not perhaps mean much because it's the start of the season and results fly off the hook more or less anywhere? Chris, what do you think? Yeah, there is always that danger. I mean, especially when you've got a manager with the 10... Not being negative towards him, but with the temperament that Scott Brown has, he's you know he's a winner, he's a serial winner, yeah. um, and he'll expect better. 
Um, but what I think that will do is work in our favour in the sense that they're not going to they're not going to sit low. They, they you know they're going to come back and follow game following that defeat. They're going to come back you know trying to get on the front foot, and I think that's where we'll pick them off. Um, so there's always that danger that it you know that that it can be that you know redemption piece that they, they come back and really click but i just don't see it i really really don't i just think yeah. that we're, we're we're so on the front foot without really exerting ourselves the energy is still there and like you said the depth from the bench and you saw it on saturday bringing cameron jerome on uh no um bringing <laughs> Mago Mago magoma mendez gomez <laughs> on, on one um hang on a minute Nobody's mentioned Sheehan from Saturday. Oh, Joshua. What's all that about? And I'm guilty of it as well. I don't think I mentioned it. It's just dawned on me now. He was absolutely unreal on Saturday. And he's been unreal. I've been saying this for ages. I've been saying this for ages. I think we're just getting a bit... I think we've just started to be accustomed to him just going about his business and being pretty awesome now. I think... I think it, it's not, he's not standing out because it, we're just getting used to him being yeah. that good. He was, he, he's got, I, I don't, whether he's always done it or whether it started this season or what, this, this ability to, to be not even on the half turn, be completely flat and then just drop his shoulder and rotate the play like that. And it's in, at times it's been embarrassing. For, for the you know, for the opposition midfield and defence, he's definitely him. come out of the blocks this season with a with an extra yep. gear or I don't know. He yeah, is, exactly when this in. started, this run of form after he came back from his injury, we played Sheffield Wednesday away and we drew one one, and that oh, yeah. game was officially where I thought you know he'd come back because he was instrumental in that game in playing us out of the press, and exactly mm. as you said, picking the ball up deep and just sending it flying wherever he wanted it to go the ball would just just land there um yeah fantastic sorry, isn't it sorry to to cut off and steal <laughs> no, that's right. and, yeah getting there and making about you um but no i, th I think he's he, he has to be he has to be mentioned that he's been he's been phenomenal um and touch wood you know he's he's conditioned and strengthened around that injury in it he keeps injury free because he could be massive. A lot of people oh, mentioned definitely. Um, definitely, definitely massive season for for Joshua. This fantastic. Absolutely. Sorry, back to Fleetwood. Do you know what? Well, whilst we whilst we're prattling on, do you want to put for those of you who like to do this sort of thing, put your match predictions, your score predictions in the chat for Tuesday's very match? Nice. <laughs> nice. I don't do it. I don't do it. I don't partake, but. No, we'll, we'll, we'll get some score predictions. Uh, and whilst we do, we'll actually touch on the game after that, which is, is Wigan at home. Obviously, our obviously our our normal usual Wednesday podcast this time is taken up. Uh we will be joined by MJ Williams. So if you fancy tuning in for that one, then pop along. Um so our post Fleetwood podcast will hey, be slightly there, different. Was there he is. <laughs> we'll be joined by MJ Williams. Uh so on that note, we will look ahead a little bit further into the future for Wigan. Uh Sean Maloney's team off to you know 
all things considered, a pretty good start to the season. Um, I think they said that they'd given themselves six points or something to to take out the gap or something, and they're ahead of schedule anyway with the with the results that have gone their way. Uh, obviously, say again. Six games, wasn't it? Six games, yes, yeah, I think so. Um, so they're they're ahead of schedule. Sean Maloney, I think, is 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 a good manager. Um, Wigan. I mean, what are you expecting from the game, Ange? How are you? How are you thinking we'll fare? Uh, obviously, recent track records haven't been too good, so to speak. I mean, uh, track records in general throughout the period that all of the times we've played them is not brilliant. We we, oh, we don't do well against Wigan for some reason. Um, I'm hoping our fortunes change on Saturday, but I'm not. I, I, I will not count any chickens or go into that match confident I will be like on the edge. I'll be a woman on the edge on Saturday. I'm glad it's an early kickoff because those nerves all day would do me in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it's Great. definitely gonna be a, a couple of a couple of pints job before <laughs> settle the nerves um, a little bit. And I think the fact that they came back on Saturday um from being down is a is a testament to the the grit, albeit against Northampton. So we'll not will not like dance about it too much. Um, I still think that they're taking. Obviously, they've not they've lost a lot of really influential players. But I don't really want to say anything else about it. Um, yeah, I'll be I'll be a, I'll be a wreck on Saturday. <laughs> oh, you you uh, very much in the same belt. I'm a wreck now. Um, <laughs> so let, let let me have a look. I saw something in the comments that summed it up. There were two. Yeah, there you go. Um, Lou said, I don't even want to go. <laughs> that, that's fair. That Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. And Chris says, I feel ill thinking about it. And that is also very, very fair. Um, I feel exactly the same. Sam got his his time off signed off yesterday and then then it kind of came into perspective it's that is, it's next week is this week then well yeah, we're not we're not avoiding it um i, I don't want to go i feel sick no matter what form like you say form goes out the window no matter what, what each what each other's doing at the time in terms of form it, it goes out the window and they'd normally give us a, a slap um and I ain't going to predict it. I ain't going to call it. I ain't going to give a match prediction. I'm going to pull the Ange card. <laughs> <laughs> Go no comment. <laughs> no, not doing it, it will certainly be uh, an interesting game. And I, for one, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, actually. Uh, You're and, looking and forward to it? What? Are, you, are you a psychopath? <laughs> well, we all summed it up, actually. Liam summed it up quite well. He said he does want to shut their fans up about that 4-0 by matching or better in it. And uh, safe to say, I wouldn't mind doing the same as that. Um, but yeah, I think Sean Maloney's Wigan will be a, will be a test for us. Um, they've lost a few key players, but they've still, you know, got some of that core that got them out of this league the last time round, uh, still intact. Um, so... A pretty tough one to predict, I think. Uh, it'll be one of those where I, I think actually someone said in the chat, uh, Liam said all bets are off in these games, yeah. which is exactly that. It's, it's yeah. 
completely unpredictable. Um, but, yeah, we'll go back to Fleetwood score predictions. Uh, Chris, do you want to give us yours? You said 4 it, yeah. Was four it 4? 4 nil. wow. So, Liam has said 5 nil. Paddy has said 5 nil. I'm assuming these are all to Bolton. Louise has said 2 on Bolton. Chris Burton has said 2 nil. Malk has said 2 nil. Andrew has said 4-1. Uh, and Malk's given us his against Wigan, and he said 14 nil Bolton. So, <laughs> some, uh, oh. some pretty interesting score predictions lined up there. Um, Malk, if that one comes in, you can buy us all a pint. I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, be interesting. Uh, I think Fleetwood will be a will be a good test, but I'm confident again um, that we'll, we'll we'll come away with the win. And I'm going to go two 0 uh, slightly more modest, uh, but I think I have no, I have very few doubts that we will uh, come away without three points uh, and make it nine out of nine. In uh, in three league games, which will send us in in really good spirit over to to a game against against Wigan. Right, God blimey! Well, we asked and you delivered. So yesterday, well, last week we mentioned we'll be opening up this as a new section. Um, in terms of your feedback, your hot topics, things that you've seen on social media that have been prominent, etc. And what a week to do it. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll dive in in a minute, but I'll, I'll touch on a few that I'll, I'll move on from quite quickly, which were, which stood out. Really good questions. So, Michael, MB, thank you. Have we got it? We talked about having it um so thinking about teams who've been promoted in previous seasons who don't really stand out but just do it business-like etc they got it um too early yet too early yet for that one there's been real some real positive signs some rip some issues that we had last season have clearly been addressed this season and you can see it um which is great but there's a long way to go. Singing We Are Top of the League yesterday made me <laughs> in my own mouth. Um, it was a second league game. Whilst we, <laughs> are, it, we are, and it's great, and we should be proud. Factually correct. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick in my own mouth. Um, from Lou, um, about Dempsey, because obviously his form for, for months now has been exceptional. That we should have a decent chant for him. Um, he hits who he wants, <clears throat> um, doesn't really cut it. So, yeah, I think we need something a little bit more poetic for them. Thank you, Chris Burton. On it, please. Yeah, the he's chant master. <laughs> there was one at Gillingham, um, which was uh, to the tune of the real thing, You to Me or Everything. Um, I'm not going to sing it because I'll sound like a knob. But oh, sing it, Chris. It's called on my phone. I've obviously pressed something. It came up on my phone. I'll I'll say it. You to me or everything. The best midfielder in the league, Kyle Dempsey. Kyle Dempsey. So you put it to the tune, and it it works really well. But we do struggle with walking down the money road. So 
<laughs> Swings and roundabouts. Uh, from Liam, should we rotate? Should Ebert switch it? Obviously, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Games are starting to pick up now in terms of, of frequency. No. Too early yet. Too early yet. Uh, we, we've got players bedding in uh, and they need time as opposed to rotation. And I hope he doesn't fall back into that trap as he did last season where he was doing it. I mean, do you remember Bolton Bingo where we literally were just... Yeah, no idea who was going to start, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. So thanks for the question, Liam. It's a really good question, but no. Um, but the two real prominent ones from this week are... Um, the boy from Barrow, Mr. Thomason, George Thomason, Bristol City this week have a bid. So it's not in the know, nonsense. It's an actual bid from Bristol City for George Thomason for a fee of around about £1 million. So I'm going to throw it open to the chat, but I will give you. Jeez, oh, I tell you what, this has been a tough one. Um, yeah, so in the chat, should he stay or should he go, in the words of The Clash? Um, for my view, and it changes it, it changes every day. Uh, today, I think we should sell him. Yesterday at Hilton Park Services, I thought we should keep him. Um, and I think it, it is very much driven by what we get for him. A million pounds is their opening bid. Where we've always had issues historically is negotiating so you think of players like cahill and elka um rob holding there's a there's a ton that you can just reel off where the business has been done really badly i think it's a big test forever and markham um in terms of negotiation skills the other way around we've done really well bringing players in it's their time to shine in terms of selling players on and getting the right price and getting the right deal for the club. Um, Ebert has said we will know in 48 hours. That will be that was yesterday, maybe, maybe Friday. So we'll know tomorrow, I imagine, um, whether he's going to stay or go. Um, he's played 57 games since 2020. Obviously, he's been on loan to Bamba Bridge. We bought him from Longridge and we had to play him in a friendly, which was postponed because of COVID. So there's a, lot of, there's a big backstory with George. Um, but boiling it down, the last two years, I think his, his improvement curve has been the steepest. He's been, bar the injury last October, he's been phenomenal. He's been a hell of a player, but he's still on the fringes of the team. Um, and with that midfield and what we could do with one and a half million pounds, we're going to have to get down to business, I'm afraid. Um, the model is Moneyball, a la Brentford, a la Brighton. Bring people in for nothing and sell them on with a massive profit. We've touched on it with Dapo, and I think this will be the first real example of doing it the right way. So, unfortunately, and, oh, Liam, good point. Chris Basham is, um, is another great example of the same the same thing so unfortunately i think it's time to go and i'm really quite excited at the prospects of what we could do with a million a million and a half quid because there's time in this window yet do, do people want to just stick in the chat um keep or sell 
and let's get a bit of a feel for you don't have to put if you want to put an explanation then put an explanation but um even just a gut feeling for me for me it's a letting go that amount of money could do massive things so he's a he's a sell for me i am very much in the same boat i think we should however not sit and, and accept an opening bid um especially not from a team that have just received 20 odd million for one of their midfielders i think there's there's money in their kitty to spend and we should be taking it um you know we're not in a position where we have to sell him um he's still got quite a while left on his contract so i think we should should run them up the flagpole a little bit um but you know for, you're looking at one one and a half million pounds and that's substantial money for for a club in, in league one uh and would more or less pay for our entire transfer window so far i think it probably yeah. would actually cover everyone's transfer so far um so yeah for me i think when it's, you... it's sad because he's a he's a good prospect it, it baffles is. me that people can't rate him or don't rate him no, that but... i don't get no i don't get that at all no, sorry, no, no. But yeah, for me, it's a sell. I think as well, you've got to um, in your decision making process, you've got to think if you were at Bristol Rovers or watching the Bristol Rovers game on iFollow, um, being exposed to his what very very wise ass has to. Um, <laughs> I, I, that that's what swung it for me. He's got to go. Don't want to see that again. <laughs> um, oh, bless him. I know. Like, yeah, it is, isn't it? He's, he, he, he's, there's one thing that you can say about George, and there can be a, no denying it, he's always worked very, very hard and put his heart and soul into everything he's done for this club. So to say that he's shit, inverted commas, and he should be loaned out to a non-league club, give your head a wobble. Indeed, we have uh, we've had some comments in. Uh, so Chris Burton has said sell. Tom Jarvis had said sell. We've had one that says keep. Uh, Liam has says one million sell. Any less, keep him. Uh, Paddy has said thanks for everything, George. Uh, sell. Malk has said one point five million or he stays. Uh, and that is just about everyone's comments coming on whether they keep or sell him. So it looks like a a, a pretty unanimous decision on on sell. But you know, with the consensus of run them up the flagpole a little bit and see, you know, what their opening bid can stretch to. I think it's very much so. It's this is a this is a very new concept to us as Bolton fans to yeah. <laughs> to be selling players we, to a more we actual proper football. We could get it wrong, like this transfer window, which has been different than any other that Everton Markham have been involved with in terms of the calibre of play we're looking at, the money that we're spending, the wages that we're offering, etc. It's been completely different. And guess what? They could get it wrong. And this this is another example of it, um, that they could get it wrong. But Well, I mean, if you look at last season, I think that really was the the most difficult team to improve you know we've we've seen continuous improvement season on season but if you look at the caliber of players that we started off with the likes of 
Ryan Delaney, Nathan Delfonso, Liam Gordon, those sorts of players that perhaps were slightly easier to to upgrade on. I think now th- this transfer window has been the, the most difficult for us to improve on just because the calibre of players that had got us into that playoff, you know, semi-final against Barnsley were already good established league one players so to take that upper level you you recruitment has got to be absolutely bang on and only time will tell um but i think we're in pretty safe hands aren't we yeah oh um, yeah yeah the last one i'm not going to go into too much detail i'm just conscious of time but um it was interesting from the perspective that not only did we get comments from supporters but we also got comments from um our friend of the show, Ian Bridge at the Supporters Trust, excuse me, about this week's um, fan poll <clears throat> for the kits for next season. Um, wow. <laughs> that caused some debate, didn't it? Holy smoke. That was, um, yeah. It, I'm not gonna, Meltdown's an overused word, but Christ, what a meltdown. Um <laughs> So, but just to put it into a little bit of perspective, in the first 24 hours, there were 4,300 votes, something like that, which is massive for 24 hours. We don't know what those votes were. We don't know if we were saying, scrap the lot, which <laughs> was mine. Um, but <laughs> I'm not going to lie, hate you the home kits. But I think a bit of context is required. So if you think about kits going back, way back, but in recent-ish times, think of the... The anniversary kit, the centenary kit, we played against Fulham in the red, white, and blue stripes. 2008-2009, which was the sports bra number. If you remember, that was awful. 2009-2010, um, you have the barcode with 188 bet on. And then the following season, again, with 188 bet, other betting companies are available. Uh, you have the, the blue shoulder number, uh, which was a beautiful kit. Uh, but what constitutes tradition um, and what should all be white? Out of those votes, only one person um, actually got angry enough to, to voice a concern and send an email to the supporters' trust to, to say, no, it's got to be white, it's got to be traditional, and everybody's got a right to, to vote. But vote with your, with your feet. The poll closes tomorrow. So... Get your votes in. Uh, but vote your fingers, you, not your feet. Vote your fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want Veruca's <laughs> stuff all over your keyboard. Um, but if you do feel strongly about it, Ian has very kindly opened up the um, Bolton Wanderers Supporters Trust email address, which is inquiries at bwfcst Sierra Tango Supporters Trust If you're that angry about it. Get it in there. They'll listen. Um, Neil Hart's got, you know, they've got Neil Hart's here. So get it in there if you feel passionately enough about it. Um, but there you go. And also, if, you, if people have not voted yet, Chris, it's worth just to mention that it's not a you have to vote for one. It's a sliding no. scale of how you find the kit from like yeah. zero to yeah. whatever, 100%. Um, yeah. And there's also comments boxes so you can leave. Um, your opinions or what you think they should change, or it's not, it's not, a, it's not just a you have to vote for one. I think it's a good way of doing it that you kind of rank in the kits and 
Yeah. And you, you get that option to leave a comment as well. So it's, I, it, I think if you feel really strongly about it, that you need to be getting on and and leaving Definitely. your mark. Yeah, voting is the is the default option. Um, and if you yeah, if you want to kick off, email somebody about it, get it off your chest. But uh, Liam's mentioned the apprehension on a red kit. I don't know where that's come from. Oh, Man United playing red. I think it has been. We've had red kit, red away kits for years, years and years and years. But fair enough. If you don't like them, no matter what colour, then you've got you, you know, you've got a voice. Um, whereas in previous seasons, you never had a voice. So get it in there. Tell them what you think. And it'll be right. As Lou said, if we're playing in the championship. We can play in the nip. Not bothered. Naked with numbers drawn on the back. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Expertly summed up. Uh but I think that just about brings this afternoon this evening's episode to a close. Uh thank you all very much for joining us. Just before we sign off, there are some things that we need to tell you about. So obviously Wednesday at 7 30 pm we'll be joined by MJ Williams. Uh so he'll be joining us on the podcast. Uh so if you're I would like to tune in for that one, then you'd be more than welcome to join us. Obviously, it'll be a live episode, so as we go along, you can get your questions in because there will be time for a viewers section uh, in the episode. The next guest podcast after that is another big one. So if you haven't I've seen been on this. Uh, we've Everybody been put on the 6th of September, uh, I believe it's the 6th of September. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. it is. Wednesday, the 6th of September. Uh, we will be joined by the one and the only George Johnston. Uh, so whilst Yay. he's out injured, unfortunately, we've managed to secure his services uh, and he's going to join us on the podcast. Uh, so if you would like to get involved with that one, then put it in your calendars. Uh, 6th of September, we'll be joined by Georgie Johnston. Uh, we are very, very, very excited for that one. But I think that's just about everything. Um, if you are around on Tuesday, if you're at the game, then after the game, you might see us in and around the fan zone, uh, sticking around to get some post-match reactions. So if you want to share your thoughts with us uh, on the game, straight after, uh, we'll be outside the fan zone so you can catch us there, come and have a chat. Uh, but just about that, it, that's just about everything. Uh, thank you all very, very, very much for joining us. We do appreciate you tuning you. in every episode. Uh uh, our pleasure as always thanks to everyone who contributed in the chat as well you've all been fantastic so we shall catch you all in the next one but for now take care see you later